Hello and welcome to On Walking the Way. Last week we talked about the importance of developing our own personal liturgy, a, a structured time each day set aside for God. And we spoke about the importance of a daily Bible reading program of some type to help in the development of this new and healthy habit. The point of this newsletter from the beginning was to stay focused on topics that help us walk every day in the way of Jesus. As a Bible teacher, I've talked to many people over the years that were either in the process of developing a Bible reading plan or discussing why they've failed to do so in the past. So this week I'd like to discuss some practical ideas for how to read the Bible in a way that is enjoyable, helpful, and sustainable. So we're going to start right at the very beginning, like what is the Bible? The Bible's not a book, it is a, a collection of books. It, it's really a library of ancient books translated into modern language. This may seem pretty obvious when you think about it for a minute, but these facts are tremendously important to remember when you're reading your Bible. 1. This is a collection, not one book. 2. They are truly ancient documents from cultures very different from our own. 3. They have all been translated into modern language. Even the King James English is very modern compared to the original. The originals were in Hebrew and Greek. Finally, these books are not all the same type of literature. There are poems, songs, narratives, law, biography, letters, prophecy, visions, parables, now this last point is very important for the modern reader because you do not read law in the same way you read a poem and you don't read a poem the way you read a letter and you don't read prophecy and visions the way you read a biography. So to understand and enjoy reading the Bible requires an awareness of what you're reading. Some things are to be read in a literal matter-of-fact way. Others, like poetry, parables, and prophecy, need to be understood in a much more figurative way. This is by necessity. It's important to remember that the right interpretation is the author's intended interpretation. Literal interpretation, so to speak, is only correct if the author intended the reader to take it literally. Now, this might seem obvious or it might seem shocking, um, you might wonder, like many of my students, how can I know what the author intended? Generally speaking, it's not all that hard to know the literature type. And once you know what kind of literature you are reading, the way you read it follows almost naturally. Of course, there are different passages, there are difficult passages in the Bible, but Generally, it's not that hard to understand what's being said once you understand two things. Who is speaking and who the intended reader is. Now, this includes a lot of things like where and when and what their situation and perspective was, but the question's simple. And the second thing you need to consider is what type of literature is the author using to communicate 
Now, the good news is that some of this kind of information can usually be gathered easily, either from the introduction to the book in any good study Bible or from a good Bible encyclopedia. The more you read about the background of the biblical books, the more you will understand and feel what the author is saying. Now, once you get a sense of what you're looking at, the next challenge is context. Context can be understood in two main categories. Now, I could talk all day about either one of these categories, and as a teacher, I guess I have on occasion, but to get started, I just want you to think about how important context is. Context is how we understand absolutely everything, and the Bible is certainly no exception. Now, here's the two categories of context. The first one is historical context. This is the kind of context that is most often neglected. None of the books of the Bible were written to us. They were written for us to understand, but they were not written to us. The newest of the documents is ancient, and you have to always remember that the entire frame of reference of both the author and the original readers is very different than ours. The oldest books are speaking from the perspective of the late Bronze or Early Iron Age, Middle Eastern culture. This kind of context can be learned from study Bibles and Bible dictionaries. I've listed some below. But you must never forget that although the people in these stories are very relatable, they have a very different worldview and circumstance than we have. Now, the second kind of context is literary context. This is the normal sense of context, and it includes the immediate setting of the verse or phrase you're reading, but it also includes the broader context of the entire book you're reading. For example, Think about how the phrase or verse fits into the larger topics and themes of the book. Consider where the phrase or verse fits into the larger message of the author of the book. Look for the conclusion of the point the author is making and see if he makes any summary statements or draws any conclusions from what he's just said. And these tips are just scratching the surface, really. Now, Beyond the immediate context and context of the book, there's the context of either the Old or the New Covenant. And finally, there's the overall context of the entire Bible. So, there's a lot to think about here. Now, one of the difficulties is dealing with figures of speech or symbolic language. And many of my students have been put off by poetry, figures of speech, and symbolic language or numbers. They're afraid that if it is not to be understood in a literalistic way, then it, it could mean anything. Now, while I understand this concern, figurative or symbolic does not mean make-believe nor does it give anyone license to make it mean whatever you want. Figurative language and symbols are understood in the same way that all words are understood, by context and common usage. You see, every word is a symbol. It is a symbol with an agreed-upon meaning. This meaning is determined by context and common usage. Think about this word for a moment. L-E-A-D. Without context, we don't know how to pronounce the word in English. We don't even know if it's a noun or a verb. 
but we just don't make up meanings for it because it could have more than one meaning. We use context and common usage to understand and use the word. With context, we know if we're talking about a leash or a heavy, soft metal or the process of guiding someone or something else along. Symbolic language and figures of speech are the same. We use common usage and context to understand their meaning. The Bible is our greatest asset in interpreting the Bible. Now that may sound circular, but when it comes to context and common usage, the Bible is our first reference for both of these things. We look for other places this phrase or symbol is used, and we see how it is used and the meaning it carries. The numbers 12 and 7 are great examples of symbolic numbers, for example. They are used all over the Bible, so we don't have to guess at their meaning. Again, for the more obscure ones, you may want to look at commentaries or some other external source, but don't go there until you've looked carefully at it yourself. Then go to external sources for help and possibly even confirmation. Finding something yourself can be very satisfying and also, and maybe more importantly, it's more memorable. But whatever you do, keep reading. We've, I've had the pleasure of working with a few top-notch scholars over the years. One of them was Ronald Youngblood, who, among many other things, was one of the translators of the NIV Bible. After a lecture one day, we were talking, and I asked him, What keeps you going? You could have retired long ago. He was 80 at the time. And he told me, Every time I read the Bible, I see something new. The Bible's not just a book. It's a, it's a living thing. Now, this stuck with me, and I have also found it to be absolutely true in my own life. So, whatever you do in your Bible reading, read your Bible. Read it every day and let God speak to you. If you do that, you will have no regrets for the time you've spent. Let me know what you think of this topic. I'm thinking about doing a series on how to study the Bible effectively. If this is something that interests you, let me know, either in the comments below or by replying to this email if you want a bit more privacy. And have a great week.